So this season of Advent is a season of preparation and expectation. Uh, as we meditated a couple of days ago as well, it's uh, the season which occurs for us in the Northern Hemisphere at the darkest, wettest, kind of miser- most miserable time of the year. And now we're expecting the light of the world to come. You know, we're preparing for, for Jesus coming. Uh, in a kind of a long way around, this reminded me of when I was in uh, UCC many years ago, the University College Cork, we went off on a geography trip to Paris and we had to study the city of Paris, which was very, very interesting. Uh, it was actually during Lent at the time, so I wasn't drinking. Uh, so going off on a college tour not drinking was, that was unusual, to say the least. So uh, most of the other students would spend quite a lot of time drinking. Uh, and not getting a lot of sleep, so much so that by the end of it, I think three of them had a version of uh, scurvy, where your your gums start to bleed due to exhaustion and <laughs> lack of normal nutrition and alcohol poisoning or something like that. Anyway, uh, but I remember, like on, on one of the occasions, then we went out to this to this nightclub, and we were out for ages. In 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 on the continent, there discos and nightclubs start much later and finish much much later than they do here in Ireland. For us, they started about midnight and then they're done for half two or something. Whereas they went the whole way to six. Us Irish, we weren't able to pace ourselves at all by, by three o'clock, four o'clock. We just wanted to go home, just couldn't stand anymore. Just, just absolutely exhausted from all the dancing. Um, but uh, so, yes. So, and I was just thinking, I was thinking of that today. Just, just This thought came back to me today. All of that stupidity, if you will, that, 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 that was done as, as, you know, young students or as young men and women, in order to attain what? In order to find joy. That, that's, that's the idea. That, that's, the, that's the goal behind it. You know, to find joy, to find happiness, to find fulfillment. So when you think like of anything that we do to find joy, think of all these nights out. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a, probably a night without sleep. It's going to cost you a lot of money, especially for girls then. You have to walk around in absolutely lethal heels that could fracture every bone from your hip down in a millisecond. You know? I mean, and yet you do it because it makes you taller, makes you prettier, makes you happier, or whatever. We think that if we look this way, we'll be happier. So all these things that we do to be happy, we, we make sacrifices all of the time to find happiness. You think of even in, in sports, you know, the, the training people will go through in order to get a medal, in order to be happy, in order to have the affirmation of other men or women or family or the parish or the lo- local club or the team, whatever it is. All these things that we do to be happy. So when it comes to secular things, we're well used to making a sacrifice in order to at least attempt at getting happiness. If we apply the same logic to our faith, though, especially in in today's world, especially in this modern world, we find that one a bit more, a lot more challenging. To make a sacrifice in our faith for a happiness that lasts forever, that's something that in today's world would also almost be considered like oppressive, you know, to, to, to renounce yourself at all. Why should you renounce yourself? You should be realizing yourself. You should be following your desires. You should be fulfilling your desires. That's what will make you happy, surely. But it's not. It's not. Then those who try discover a life of selfishness. A life that revolves around them and the satisfaction of their pleasures, which does not lead to happiness. So the Lord comes and, and, and he says something different. 
He wants to be a follower of mine. Let him renounce himself. Take up his cross and follow me. He wants to be a follower of mine. Let him renounce himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And the reason I'm I'm thinking of this is uh, I was talking recently to a professor who works in Steubenville. His name is Bill Kymig, a very, very uh, learned, very faithful professor. And we were on a, a Zoom call with him for just a number of, of different Catholic outreaches, one based in Canada, one based in America, and ourselves here in Holy Family. And at the end of the Zoom call, he summarized what we said far better than we had said it, actually. His summary was simply epic. His summary was fantastic. But he added something that none of us said. Uh, he added a few things that none of us said. But the one that really stuck out to me was he said, in all these missionary outreaches and all these things uh, that, that you see going on here in America, Canada, and, and in Ireland, he said, what we don't see is behind the scenes, grace is brought down by those who lay their lives down. Grace is brought down by those who lay their lives down. And I thought, that is epic. That is such a good line to describe, not just what we do here in Holy Family or any missionary outreach, but to to describe Christianity in a way. He who wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself, take up his cross and follow me. In order to draw grace down, we lay our lives down. That for your family, for your parish, for your youth group, for your choir, for whatever it is. I mean, if we want to to bring divine life, grace, grace is divine life, we want to bring grace into whatever group we work with, or even into our own lives, our families. Grace will be brought down by those who lay their lives down. That's the example of Jesus. He, 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 he draws all the grace of redemption, if you will, from heaven by laying his, his life down. I think many of us would hope it would be different for us that we could maybe draw grace down just by being nice or just by maybe praying a bit or whatever. And definitely praying does help and being nice is a good thing to do. Please do be nice. But I think if you think of, of, of any family, think of any family where there are good, good children, you know, a good holy family. You see, if you know what goes on behind the scenes, you will see that that grace has been brought down from heaven by the fact that someone in the family, maybe one parent, both parents, maybe a grandparent, laid their lives down. I'm applying this also to to St. Nicholas today on his feast day because he's a a very misunderstood saint in a way. There's a kind of a a caricature of him out in the the general populace like to do with like reindeer and chimneys and big bellies and ho-ho-hos, which have nothing to do with the Bishop of Mira. Right? Saint Nicholas, who was a bishop, who, because of his uh, steadfast love for the Lord, was arrested and tortured and beaten and chained up, and then eventually released, and then went to the Council of Nicaea, standing up for, for the truth of our faith against Arius, who said, as regards Jesus, there was a time when he was not. So Jesus isn't God in the same way that, that God the Father is God. So Jesus is kind of a lesser of a God in some way. And St. Nicholas apparently could not tolerate such blasphemy and he walks up and slaps Arius in the snout. Um, Not that I'm recommending any of us do that, but the point is, uh, 
he wasn't just, I don't know, uh, a nice, lovable, chunky kind of character that people liked to hug. He was, he was a good bishop. He was a good bishop who fought for his people, who fought for the truth. He had inherited quite a, a, a large sum of money from his parents who died when he was young. He was brought up by his uncle who was a, a bishop. And um, so with all of this wealth that he had, he wanted to help people. So legend has it that there was such poverty in his town that one particular man had no choice. Uh, he was either going to be imprisoned or he would have to come up with money. So he, uh, again, I don't know the in, we don't know the ins and outs of the circumstances, but it seems that uh, he felt that he had no other way out than um, selling his daughters into prostitution to pay the debts. So St. Nicholas, hearing of this, uh, walked past the house where they lived at night and dropped in a bag of money to pay for each of the daughters that they wouldn't have to uh, enter into such a depraved lifestyle. So that's why he's often depicted uh, holding what looked like three apples, three balls. Originally there were three bags of money uh, which St. Nicholas used to pay for each of the daughters. So this is a, a very different kind of character to the, the, the Santa Claus that we see in the movies or the postcards or the cartons of milk. Uh, he was a bishop who loved the Lord. He was a bishop who laid his life down for love of his people. That's what makes him a saint. Lots of people love children. He loved them, but in, in a way that he wanted to lead them also to the Lord. He laid his life down. This is his story, and I maybe consider me, this is just, I'm practical, so I, I, I often think of saints not just as wonderful stories, but what does that have to do with my life? And what he lived is absolutely applicable to my life. If we want grace to be brought down from heaven, if we want to draw down grace from heaven, lay your life down. As Jesus himself says, a man can have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. So today, in your circumstances, in your situation, for your families, I know uh, as time passes here in Ireland, it's becoming more and more the case, acceleratedly so, if that's a word, uh, ever more so the case, that our young people here in Holy Family may or may not come from families that practice. So that's just an extra challenge. It means now that when they go home, there isn't necessarily a supporting environment of, 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 of Catholics. So you might go home and find you're the, you're the holy one, you're, the, you're branded as the prayerful one, or might not be said in such nice terms, the holy Joe, maybe, the holy Josephine. Uh, but grace is brought down by those who lay their lives down. So if we want to draw down grace for our families, for our parishes, for whoever's entrusted to us, lay your life down. May the Lord strengthen us in this, in this vocation, in this calling, in this opportunity that we have to be a light to our families, to be a light to the world. Amen.